Welcome to Sitting With My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives. Bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Stone. All right, it's that time. Time to uh, hang out with City with my sisters. We're excited to have you guys today. We're excited to to talk about Elder Neil L. Anderson's talk of We Talk of Christ, which we which is a great fault because last week we did See Christ in Every Thought by Elder Soros. And so I thought a lot about the things that we talked about in Elder Soros' talk that really went very nicely with Elder Anderson's talk, which was really exciting. So Elder Anderson, um, first talks about just what's going on. <laughs> I feel like all the, all the general authorities are like, oh, how are you guys? Are you okay? Because it's been crazy. And so he, he shares such a, a concern for us and the heavy weight that's upon us. And, but how, hopefully, have you felt, though, the sure, and this is what I really liked, if with unusual gratitude for my sure and certain knowledge that Jesus is a Christ, have you felt that way? And I really highlighted that for myself because I feel like, for, at least for me, I, I felt like I've come closer to the Savior. I've understood his word a lot better. I understand why he's given to these scriptures and, and learned a lot of different lessons. And so I was grateful to be able to feel like, yeah, I, I felt that way too. And I, and I love how, you know, he can just radiates his testimony that he is the way, the truth and the life, something that we can rely on and, and trust in, in these, in these times and in times to come. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like I missed the memo of like growing closer to your savior through this pandemic. <laughs> because I swear, every testimony meeting we have had at church, everyone that has gotten up to grow their testimony, it's like, I've never felt closer to Christ. I've never felt closer to my family. And I literally sit there thinking to myself, gosh, I really suck. Or I missed out on this huge opportunity because I feel like during this pandemic, I more have had like feelings of being fearful or confused or I'm feeling alone or just not prepared. And I've felt super numb to like the feelings of the spirit, even though I'm like trying to build that relationship with Christ. I just, I don't know that I've been able to feel it like I've seen prophets and apostles say in their talks or people bearing their testimonies at church. And sometimes I'm like, gosh, something's wrong with me. I don't know though. I've seen it differently. Cause I feel like that right when the pandemic happened, if we were to still come to church, I think you would have had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I think you need that time to take a step back and just to kind of get back to the basics and the foundation of your family and the, and the testimonies that are there. And I don't know. I, at least those are things you shared with me, <laughs> at least, right, during that. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not right now, but um, I think that the the pandemic was different in a lot of different ways where it was, 
because of the Lord and because of the spirit, because he knows us so well, the situation that we were in was able to grow in the appropriate, the appropriate way that we needed to grow at that time. Yeah. I feel, I see, at least that's what I see on the outside looking in. Yeah. And I feel too, like we started this podcast during the pandemic. And so what seeing, I think you've grown a lot and gotten a little bit more clarity on different things from our, where you were our first podcast to where you are here. Plus, I think it's different where you live. And I think the things that are scary are the stuff that we can't control, like the politics and our environment and the unknown of have, like, how long are we going to have to do school at home? How long are we going to have to do church at home? Um, what, when is the vaccine going to be here? Is it going to be available to us? Is it going to be required? Like, there's just a lot of unknown stuff that has nothing to, like, it's out of our control. So I think it's easy for a lot of people to feel lost and scared and have all those feelings. And I, I mean, as much as I felt closer to Christ, I have definitely felt scared. I mean, when, when we had the first shutdown, our business, I thought we were going to be closed for two weeks at least. And I didn't think our business would be able to survive. We don't have other employees. We don't have, um, you know, vacation time that we can just cash in that be okay. We had clients that relied on us to take care of, to take care of our service. And they can find so many other people that were able to, you know, stick around and be able to handle it. And so I remember being really anxious, really scared. And, and, and I could say right now, looking back, how much I'm closer to Christ, I can't say that I felt like I was close to Christ at that very second, if that makes sense. And I feel like that happens so many times in life where we look back and say like, oh, God was carrying me the whole entire time, huh? Funny, you know? And when in the moment you just feel so scared and, and alone and not sure exactly when that light is gonna come. And it's just a, it's, it's, it's an overwhelming feeling. Um, I wish there's a way to learn that the Savior's there without having to go through so much heartache <laughs> to get there. Because the most lessons I've learned, I've had more heartache that have been worse in my life. But it's allowed the light of Christ to shine brighter. I just wish I was already at Elder Anderson's level where they reflect on this pandemic and they can see like the gratitude they have for our savior. So when he posed that question, have you felt that way? It just kind of was like, gosh, I don't. Maybe something's wrong with me. Uh, he's in his 70s. You're like in your 30s. You know, I have time, right? Yeah, ish time to, to get there. So no worries at all. So anyway, he starts to go and not talk about the savior though and talking about, you know, just how wonderful he is and how um, I do love here how much he says that how magnificent the savior is and, and how much he really loves and worships him. I don't think I, I put him at a high standard. Like I, I just get so used to his, his, you know, matchless power that it's like second nature <laughs> more time, but I love how um, reverent he is with him. Um, and then he talks about how that the belief in Christ, the belief in God is diminishing on how the study predicts that there are, uh, this is that twice as many will leave Christianity as will embrace it. And so it's just, it's just a, a crazy thought to see where, where our 
society is going. That's crazy. It was on the news, not last Christmas, but the year before, so 2019, about how people being associated to an organized religion is at an all-time low in the entire history of, like, ever. And I feel like that's just so sad. It makes me sad. I was reading today about, I was Googling questions from this talk that I had about conference. And then it was saying that they were, of all church members, only 40% of baptized members are considered or would consider themselves active. 40%. That's less than half. Well, you know, he references some of these polls or I don't know where they got these surveys from, but he referenced one and it, it said those leaving Christianity in the United States are younger. It's like more the millennial generation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, when I was reading this section, a part of me felt guilty. Like I was somewhat being categorized into this because even though I have not left Christianity and like, I still have faith in Jesus Christ. I think of like the struggle I've been having with faith and I can really um, empathize with the younger generation. Um, I just feel like it's easier for the older generation to have faith and belief because they didn't have access to the internet. They didn't have things like thrown in their face. Whereas from our age, younger, it's like you get on the internet and you can now see things about the church that you weren't taught as a kid. And I think the church is trying to make up for it because they're trying to be more transparent about their history where they weren't in the past. And so it's really hard for me to have a conversation with someone like my mom about these things because it's kind of like they're set in their ways. They didn't have this stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a generational thing. So I can see how millennials, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to say that they leave because of their doubt in Jesus Christ, because I don't think a lot of people leave to doubt in Jesus Christ. I think it's more, they feel deception. They feel manipulated. They feel like the truth wasn't given to them. At least I doubt the organization more. Right. At least speaking for myself, like when it comes down to it, when I look at like, what's my issue with the church right now, it's not Jesus Christ. He's not my issue. My heavenly father is not my issue. It's things that have been cut from me throughout my life that some people are totally okay with. I don't care that that was kept from me, but me being the age I am, I don't like to be ignorant. I don't like not knowing the truth. And so I feel a little deceived. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I think, um, jumping off the generational part, not specific to our religion, but in religion in general, I think there is a big generational gap where, church at home isn't being taught as much as it was in years past where, you know, before bed, people would read the Bible because we they didn't have TVs and they had to have all these shows and they didn't have cell phones in their hands and they were keeping up and doing, working from home, you know, from their phone or talking to people or emailing and whatever else. 
And so I think that there's been a big cultural shift away from Christianity in general. And before it was like the societal dorm, everybody went to church on Sunday and you know which people did not go to church. Where now I feel like it's kind of shifted where a lot of people don't go to church and you know which people on your block do to go to church compared to people who don't yeah. or that do. Do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's just been a generational and a societal culture shift in things. And that's why people aren't as like devout to religion as they have been in the past. Well, I think that's why I would like to know how accurate these surveys are. Like, was the question, do you have a belief in Jesus Christ? And were their answers no? Or was it more focused on Christianity as a whole? Yeah, yeah there's a link to it because it's, um, it's the uh, footnote five. So it shows a link to the future of world religions, population and growth projections from two, 2010 to 2050 from Pew Forum, a Pew Research Center. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, so one of the, I agree. I wonder like, what were the questions and yeah. how yeah. many people were polled and where were they at and stuff? I, I, I don't, I believe that the people still have a belief in some kind of higher power. Um, you know, one of the questions, one of the, the first line of the discussions when we had to say it word for word was that most people believe a Supreme being, even though they may call him by different names. And I'm just, that phrase is so true that I think that, people have some kind of belief in a higher power, whether it is sometimes people believe just the earth, just the, the nature of the earth, that if you send out good vibes, you're going to get them back, you know, or, or whatever it may be. There's some kind of something a little bit bigger than us helping us out along the way. Um, so I don't think, as you guys have both said, like, I don't think people are not believing in some kind of higher power. It's the organization and, and the religion. What's interesting the next part, he says that one day, as the, as the prophet says, that I witness that the day will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is the Christ. And I thought of that, just, you know, going from this contrast of everybody leaving religion to coming to where everybody, no one will not confess that Jesus is the Christ. And so it makes me wonder, which I'm so excited about this talk, of how can we be better at bring have having Christ, whether it's talking about some higher power, bringing you ground, whether it's talking about the goodness in your heart or whatever it may be, whatever's grounding you, it all leads back to God. It all leads back to his goodness and his, his nature, whatever they call it. And we focusing on that and not focusing on this box building religion that we have to go to every Sunday. We have to do like, I mean, those things are good. I'm not saying don't go to church those things are good to help us, but I think they're trying to get us to have a real relationship with God and be able to have really share about Christ and not share about the religion you're a part of. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so he goes, he talks about president Nelson uh, and his preparation. And I just, I loved this little section and I forgot that president Nelson did this. And it was just at a moment at time, at least when I was listening to it, where I'm like, I, right before I was saying, I really want to know Christ. If I'm going to talk about Christ, I need to know about him more. And lo and behold, right away, he talks about how President Nelson studied 2,200 references of Jesus Christ, listen, the topical guide. And he studied it. 
And when he came forth from it, he says that he was a different man because of it. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to, to represent our, our prophet as this very humble man that even at 92, he's trying to be better. He's trying to be closer to Christ and he's trying to understand him. And, and not only is he trying to do it, he found something that worked and encourages us to, to have that relationship with Christ too. And I just loved that example that he shared with us of how we can be able to build our relationship with Christ. Um, and so the next part he goes into is part of this, is that preparation of going for so that if that, if we're taking this preparation, if we're learning about Christ, if we're understanding how important that Toman is and how important that, that source of power is for us, it, it's going to affect the way we think, the way we talk, the way we feel about other people. Um, I really liked actually real quick right before it, how he mentioned emphasizing the name of the church. I thought about this when he was talking about how President Nelson, I remember President Nelson giving a talk before he was the prophet about correcting us already in the name of the church. And so I remember when he corrected us again, I was like, you're not, not that he could repeat it. I'm like, you already, you've already mentioned that actually. You've already asked us to do this actually, not like a couple of years before that. And so you're just reiterating, reiterating that. And I thought what an important time right now for us, because if you were to say, hey, what do you think about that Mormon church? The first thing you think about is, oh, that's the church that Joseph Smith um, founded. But if you say, hey, what do you think about that Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? A, you may need to know more, but B, right away, the, in the name of, of the church and the belief is Jesus Christ. And so I just love that idea right there that we're trying to get away from the thinking of our beliefs, not as the man who organized us, but Christ who, who led us this whole entire time and is continuing to lead us. Yeah, Oaks even talked about it like 10 years ago too, that we need to use the proper name of the church. But when Nelson did it, we changed that, you know, from LDS org to the Church of Jesus Christ org. And, you know, I saw it again a lot across social media platforms. People were changing like their links in their bios, their, their little snippets of who they are and I think, it's, I think it really is making a difference in putting Jesus as the forecenter of our faith, plus with the new emblem um, for the church as well. I think it's, it's going to be doing a lot more and have a big ripple effect that we'll see years from now. Well, they said it was, so, yeah, they better. Well, it makes sense. Like, the other day, I was looking up some Garmin watches, you know? And as I'm reading reviews, someone had said, oh, beware of buying from this seller. They're not the real Garmin, you know? And it's like, when you're buying a product, you want the real deal. I wanna buy from Garmin. And I feel like people are the same way when it comes to Christ. They wanna know that they're a part of a church that is focused and centered on Jesus Christ, not on Whoever this Mormon dude is, or yeah, right. Joseph Smith, you know, so it makes sense. This Mormon dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people that I used to in high school all the time get that like Mormon. There, there's this lady on my mission that used to call him Joe Smith. I'm like, this sounds weird, but it was like I guess true to the name. It's like you know Joe, Joe Smith. 
you saw God. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, going back to what you were saying before about how, you know, by studying about him that, you know, you'll be different, you'll think more about him. One of my favorite thoughts that he mentions was as you come to know and love him even more deeply, your words will flow more comfortably as they do when you speak of one of your children or of a dear friend. And that's like my relationship goal with the savior to be able to talk about him with other people as if he's a dear friend of mine, as if I'm speaking about one of my children. I think that was so beautifully put because that is the type of relationship we're supposed to develop with him. And I don't feel like I'm there yet, but I want to be there. I don't feel like I'm there either. I like admire Jesus from afar. Right. I don't, I don't consider my, my friend, my homie. <laughs> like we should, right? Yeah, we should. Yeah. No, this, you know, this, I always get jealous of people like, Jesus is just my best friend. I'm like, mm, he's not mine. <laughs> but I guess I need to be better at seeing it that way and be able to have that relationship with him. So, anywho, um, so the next part he talks about is that one way for us to be able to start doing this is about speaking of Christ in our homes little things you know i love the example they have not just saying you know he says there like for example a child asks dad why do we pray and not just say because we want to talk to christ but talk to god but because this you know talk about jesus and his example that he had and i just i really liked that to help our kids understand it more totally i um I've shared this on a previous podcast, but after a, the April conference in 2019, was it <laughs> when uh, I didn't get picked from our service pinata? Okay, Jared, we just listened to our podcast, by the way, with that, and he's like, I can't believe that happened. I felt so bad for her. That is just so sad. Anyway, he went on and on and how bad he felt for you. Anyway, total tangent. Um, So um, that year, I think it was 2019. I'm pretty sure it was. um, I had a huge prompting about how I need to have pictures of the Savior and pictures of the temple. And it bugged me, bugged me, bugged me. And I finally did it. And then... I got the picture for Jesus for free. I got the temple for free. Remember, I got all this stuff for free. And then the picture frame to put my Jesus picture in was a gift from Jimmy. From me? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you gave me a gift card. That's what I bought. Oh, there we go. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) I don't have good taste like you. It's funny, though. But putting that picture in my home made such a significant difference to the feel of my home. And I love it. Like I need, that's one of the things I'm like waiting to do is find the right picture. And the very first piece of artwork I did was from the color Amber. Um, She's one of my favorite uh, LDS artists. I love everything she does. And that was the first picture I hung was a picture of, um, the Holy Family, so Mary, Joseph, and um, Jesus, was in my home. Like, I was like, okay, if I'm not going to get the other one up yet, because, you know, you just moved in, trying to find a place for everything, I'm like, I have to have something up, and it's going to be 
religious. It's so funny because as soon as I heard him say, are there images of the Savior in our homes? Like I remember watching General Conference, hearing him say that and me looking around my house and I literally have zero pictures of the Savior in our house. The only time I have pictures of the Savior is during Christmas because I have a Christmas ornament with his picture on it. And then I have a ton of nativities and I went out into my garage and I actually have like these huge pictures of Christ um, that just don't hang up in my house. But I automatically thought of you, Kirsten, and how that experience you had. And I was like, I need to put some up because them hung. and then i do have a picture of jesus with a child in each of my kids rooms yeah that's a good mom right there no seriously mom got, fell over here <laughs> well i bought the pictures and they're there's no frames and so they're just in my closet <laughs> other religious artwork like the family proclamation and stuff. Look at Kristen. Her husband's not even a member of the church. And she has like all this like beautiful stuff to bring the spirit into her home. And, you know, we, we hide. I have to work harder. In our garage and in our closet. Jamie, we need to. got to work harder. I'm going to just slowly get him to join. You guys have to call him <laughs> Brother Lawler is what you need to do. No, B Bishop Lawler, right? Bishop Lawler. Yeah. We should get, we just need to get my son Zach to hang out with him more. Zach calls him Brother Lawler all the time. Huh. I had the missionaries over last week, and they were like, uh, what does your husband prefer? Does he prefer, like, his name or Brother Lawler? I'm like, you can call him Brother Lawler. He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't know. I've asked him. <laughs> all right. Well, next part is talking about speaking of Christ in the church. Um, I remember when Elder Oaks talked about, I'm uh, sorry, President Oaks. I think he was out at the time. But President Oaks talked about how he, how he quoted this, where a man attended a sacrament meeting and there was, you know, all these testimony meetings and not having Christ being mentioned in any of his testimony meetings. And I think we've all had those testimony meetings where, you know, people come up and you're like, what? What? What was that about <laughs> again? Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like, definitely like the last couple of testimonies I've been to, um, I've loved hearing the beautiful testimony that they have, how, how much they've seen the Savior enrich their lives and his teachings more applicable to them and, and changing their lives. I think it's been so beautiful, and I hope to, hope to do that, um, even though, like, whenever my husband or my kids get up, I'm always like, are you going to give a shout-out to me? Because I really, I really like it, but they always stay true to testify of the Savior and not of their mother. So that when he said that, that stung when I was like, oh, that's so sad. And he said like it could be an exaggeration, but either way I was like, oh, like and now I do listen. I, like maybe this is terrible of me, but when I listen to testimonies, I do listen for their testimony of Christ. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, because I remember, I think President Oaks was saying that it's not supposed to be like a, a personal log of what you've done <laughs> with your life. I remember him saying something like that, that it's supposed to be about how he feels, so. Anyway, all right, so um, I think one of the last parts he talked about is speaking of Christ with others. And I like how he talks about that right away, before he even really gets into how it can be more open about it, he says that these conversations 
don't need to lead to them coming to church and seeing the missionaries. That's, we don't have to think that's going to be the end result, but allowing the Lord to guide them when they're willing. And so that way they're able to take those steps that they, they want to take, but to be that light and guiding for, um, source for them. But when someone asks you how your weekend was to say, I went to church. I listened to my children sing, or they gave a talk, or, or being a little bit more open on so open on social media. I think this is something that I I know I personally I try to share how I feel, but I have to be look. I have to be very careful when I say just because my family isn't members, and I don't want to offend anybody. But there's so many miraculous things that happen in my life that I I like to share share it with people because I think there's a lot of miracles everywhere every day. This is something I've really tried to do in the last three-ish years and it's scary to post on social media and uh, and when I started to post on my Instagram more religious stuff instead of you know just Christmas and Easter whatever um I lost a lot of followers and people and I just thought oh well I'm not gonna you know apologize for trying to be closer to our savior but on that same note, I've also gotten closer to people of different faiths who are so supportive or they've shared a quote or something religious. And I'm like, wow, I really needed that. Thank you so much. Or things like that. And I, it can go both ways. And I think sharing and being more open with your faith will really show you who your true friends are and who really cares and values your thoughts and opinions and beliefs because some of my best friends aren't of our faith and I love we have some such deep spiritual conversations yeah well I love how I mean I love how strong you have been especially in the last couple of years I mean you've definitely drawn a line that sand not in a line of sand as far as that if you're not my way you're out of my way but you're a line of sand as far as like I this is not I won't cross this line this is this is what I believe in and I'm gonna stay strong to that but I definitely welcome all that. I mean, I know that there's, there's even, you know, your college friends that have kind of pulled away a little bit from you, you know, or not invited you to certain things, but yet you stay strong in what you believe in. And I love it. I love your example. It's, it's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, but yeah, but he just, he goes a little bit more of some ways that we can be able to 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 be that example by being more open again with social media to um be ready to be that answer of hope to 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 even know to rely on that the how the book of mormon is such a powerful witness as, as jesus christ so to be able to use that as, as a as a resource and as a companionship and not be you know scared to share these stories and you know i've, I've shared stories with my family a couple times of of these great prophets or, or and these great stories you know, and I don't, I leave out the Book of Mormon, but the stories are still good and, and still wholesome. And, and I think they just think it's in the Bible. So, but, or I don't know what they're thinking, but I just, I love, um, I love this idea. And I hope, I hope that I can have more courage to do it. Cause I def, I hold back a lot and I hope I can have more courage to share what I believe in, in a loving way. And so the last part of it, he just kind of talks about how um, giving us our desire to to speak of Christ, I I love that the way it brings him gives him desire 
is to think about his coming again. And something really hit me when he was talking about how, you know, imagining how the clouds come and not just a few angels, but all of his holy angels. And I, and I think a lot about my family, my family that has passed on, that I've done the work for, that have been, have been angels to me so many times. They are so crucial to me and so important to me. So for me to see that my Savior come down, that hopefully I know a lot better and I can call my BFF by then, but not only have him, but also my family come down with him to welcome us into the next part of our life. Um, and I, I think that's a beautiful image to, to remember to how, why it's so important to remember Christ and all that we do when things are kind of going crazy, that the end result isn't the world burning per se. The end result is Christ coming and healing and purifying all of us. So that's what I got for this talk. Did you guys have anything else? No, I loved it. And I liked how he broke it all down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it's quote time. It's just that time. I kind of want to have a little jingle. Quote time. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just sing and make a new one each time. <laughs> if you like our quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Well, Jamie, start us off with our quotes. All right. Mine was, while we endure a season of physically distancing ourselves from others, we need never endure a season of spiritually distancing ourselves from him. I just thought that was a good reminder that even though this past year we haven't got to go to in-person church, I actually welcomed staying at home and not going to church just because I was struggling uh, so bad with things. But I think it kind of opened my eyes on how much I do rely on church to fill some type of spirit because it's definitely been a lot harder to fill anything, trying to do it on my own versus hearing the testimonies of people I love and respect. Um, so during, like while we've been physically distancing, I've kind of felt that distance from my savior as well. And I don't need to do that. I need to close that gap. Awesome. Kristen, hook us up. All right. <clears throat> Mine is towards the end of his talk and it's let us genuinely rejoice with them in our shared faith in Jesus Christ and in the New Testament scriptures we all love. Like I said, I come from a family um, one side, it's all members of the church, where the other side, it's just me. But I love the conversations we have, the talks that we have. I love some of my closest friends who are of a different faith. And it's just such a deep connection and respect that I, you know, you love Jesus. I love Jesus. We can love him together. There's a lot more that unifies us than draws us apart in our religious friends. Awesome. All right. Well, mine is right below that. And it's just that as the world speaks less of Christ, let us speak more of him. I just think that's a huge reminder that Christ is not going to be a common thing. I mean, I mean, look at even just the littlest thing. Jeremy gets so 
drives him crazy when people say happy holidays and not Merry Christmas. Um, or I think at one year, I think they were trying to call it holiday trees instead of Christmas trees. And it, it drives him crazy. Like he is all about, this is Merry Christmas. This is about Christ. This isn't the holidays. And so I think that we're just, we're getting less and less of that. So we need to take the responsibility as disciples of Christ and followers of Christ to be able to speak more of him. And so hopefully I'll, I'm going to try to do that a little bit more um, in, my, in my own life. So anyway, that was the quote. I mean, that was the quote. That was the, the talk. And we appreciate you listening and with us. Please, we always really love hearing your feedback. We love hearing what you have to say. We love hearing how you talk of Christ. What are ways that Christ has affected you? What are things that you come closer to Christ in the pandemic? Or what are things that you're hoping to do to come closer to Christ in the future? We want to know those things because we want to grow with you and, and know how you're doing. Um, so leave comments for us. You can find us on our Instagram page. Um, if you get a chance, also leave us a review. We would love to hear that. It helps us Helps more people find us, more the merrier, more testimonies, the more sisters or brothers, and ultimately, the more more people that we talk of Christ, which is what the goal is of this talk. So we will see you next time on Sitting With My Sisters. Adios. Bye.